Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello and welcome to the Dream Fest podcast. My name is Pete Steele and thank you very much for listening in today. This is the show, of course, where I invite a special guest to come and curate their Dream Festival lineup. And to help them with that, we have a handy dandy time machine so they can literally go anywhere in musical history and handpick the artists they love. Previous guests include Erin Grace from the Cosmics, Arjun the Revelator and Benjamin Cross. But my guests this week, or should I say guests, are Alex Dodwell and Phil Barber from Birmingham band St. Alto. Don't forget to sign up to the Patreon while you will receive this episode earlier than everyone else, and you'll get loads of extra chats and bonus questions, including what is the greatest band lineup of all time. Please also remember to like and subscribe to this podcast and leave us some lovely reviews as it will help more people listen to it. So, St. Alto are Digba's third best indie alternative electro folk rock troubadour four piece. And I had a chat to Alex and Phil over Skype a couple of weeks ago, and we started by talking about their latest release that has been worked on by Yuki Matthews of The Shins. I'll be back at the end of the episode with some links, uh, but in the meantime, it's time to settle down and relax as we join Alex and Phil from St. Alto and their dream festival lineup. Enjoy. <laughs> You've got your current single, Afterlife, which is being remixed by Yuki Matthews. Oh, yeah. How, how did that come about? Oh, Alex can tell that, because that's all, that's Alex, that is, that's Alex's that, magic. That, that was still, um, what's the name of the website now? I think it's called Sound Better, and um, mm. and, and, and basically you can just contact uh, producers, mixers, and just artists in general if you want. It's a little bit like um, Fiverr, in the sense that you can just find somebody who's willing to do a job, mm. but but obviously much more expensive than a fiver. And I, I, I was looking for uh, for mixing engineers and uh, I just came across it. And I'm a huge fan of the shins, as we all are. Yeah, and I just, I just sent it to the guys and I got in contact with him and I sent him the track and he really liked it and got back to me straight away and, and then it went from there. That's awesome, man. So he li- he literally listened to it and went, I really like this, I'm going to get in touch and I want to do a remix of it. He mixed the A-side, the real version. Got yeah. The remix version... We uh, we did ourselves. Um, yeah, but that was like influ- but they've got a record out uh, called Heartworms, uh, Shinta, and then they about a year later they re-recorded the record, but they flipped all of the tracks and basically uh, just just made alternate versions of all the songs. And because um, we was working with uh, Yuki at the time, we just had this idea to, to do our version of that as an homage to him, and he so, seemed to really like that as well. So how so how does it so how does it work when you've got someone sort of mixing a song i suppose it's remotely it's away away from where you are does he come back with bits and go do you like this and then you go oh yeah i like that carry on with what you're doing or how much collaboration was there actually there or did you just go bang there it is we gave him a few notes if i, if I remember i remember we, we said we wanted the father john misty vocal sound and we wanted the, <laughs> the drum sound from wolf parade and, <laughs> and and the guitar sound from um grizzly bear and and we gave him all these up but they were all like artists that he'd worked with right. so so we knew that he'd be able to just tap into that straight away and he yeah. understood it as well so he was just like yeah 
yeah he's a so here's, yeah. here's a few of my favorite things now go and make something yeah. for me brilliant i love that I yeah like that. He, he did well didn't he yeah it was nice well we've, we've touched on live music uh, i always like to to ask people what about live gigs and so i want to know from both of you what is the do you remember the first gig that you ever went to yeah i do i remember my first gig um it was hell is for heroes in the old birmingham academy too so yeah upstairs in the academy and it was yeah it's if you remember that room it's a tiny little room yeah and um yeah right. went to see hell is for heroes and yeah sweat dripping from the ceiling they were playing too loud for the room so it was like everything was fuzzy and sort of yeah your ears rang for about four days afterwards and yeah it was right right in that emo wave and i felt yeah terribly serious and emotional about yeah <laughs> that that was a gig um but yeah they, they were a great band to watch live i remember enjoying it very much are they still going i've no idea i didn't follow them for long afterwards i'm sure they are they they were a really good band and also don't you think that you know everything always has kind of like a 20 year lag like we're always referencing from roughly 20 years ago mm. It must be just about time for that kind of that era of bands to come back into vogue and for sort of kids today to be sort of well into their whole kind of emo emo wave of bands surely it's about now so hopefully we'll see them doing i'd go to that if they toured that album again i'd be there <laughs> what, what, what about yourself alex yeah my first gig was um uh, green day at the uh, the nii nice um, whatever it was called at the time uh with a uh, newfound glory support uh, what 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 year was that do you remember um, the american idiot had just come out yeah I think, if i remember um yeah early 2000s then yeah 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 well do you remember the last gig you went to i mean it's 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 a while ago now i imagine but before uh, before before lockdown happened do you remember the last gig you went to i went to uh see Bert just on the other, other side of christmas uh, january i think at Earl's court oh nice yeah, nice. that was quite really nice. Yeah, right, self right. Um, I think the very last gig we went to was probably our own. We did a little sofa, so far sounds set somewhere, uh, oh. so that, that maybe counts a bit. But in terms of like, yeah, another band live, uh, White Denim went to see White Denim. Ah. Seen White Denim. I've never they, seen White they, Denim. No, they were so good. Uh, it was just so good. But yeah, that that was a really great gig. Uh, the lead mill, I think. We drove to Sheffield and saw them at the lead mill just before the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a difficult question to answer, but what's the best gig you've ever been to? Oh, we, we, we went to see um we went to see Arcade Fire uh, was that last year or the year before? Oh no. Oh, we think we was all blown away by that gig. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great show. That arcade we, and we did I think we did say in the car, didn't we? We sort of said on on the way back we might not see a show as, as good as that. It's possible that we won't see a show as good as that. There's always a few that rattle around for me in my head for that. I remember seeing, this is years ago, I saw TV on the radio. I don't know if you remember TV on the radio. Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, that, they were a great gig. And I also, I've seen Kings of Leon a lot of times. And the mm. first time I saw Kings of Leon, they played at Bar Academy. Do you remember Bar Academy? Yes, Next yeah. door. To Birmingham Academy. So they played upstairs at Bar Academy and they were so unknown that they came down into Bar Academy for a drink after the set. And I mean, even though they were unknown, people were like, who the hell are these guys? They were like these four guys in Cuban heels with like yeah. long hair and flares. People were like, who the hell are these geezers at the bar? 
But that that was a great. You could tell then it was like that was. A, there's no way that band are ever going to play again in Bar Academy. That was insane. <laughs> yeah, great band. So that uh, that sort of sticks out. Yeah, I do like early Kings of Leon. Certainly, I've got a bit of a soft spot for that sort of. Um, and a kind of country blues esque type thing. Uh, I remember someone described them as um, making the White Stripe sound like Wham. <laughs> Which I thought was quite yeah. a good, quite a good description. That's, I thought. <laughs> totally. That that's and that was the best of them. I mean, I I still listen to Kings Leon, and I, they sort of just got me. I think at that point. But I'm I'm they've unfortunately become like a guilty pleasure. I'm totally aware that it's it's not particularly classy anymore or interesting. But there was a moment, you know, like Red Morning Light and all, all those songs where there were just this... Yeah, the this Molly band, Chambers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, like a, a band of brothers whose dad was a preacher and they're from the Deep South and they've got blunt-cut fringes and moustaches and they're playing, like, country punk at 100 miles an hour. Like It was just like, this is the best thing I've ever... Like, there was nothing <laughs> like it at the time. I've, I've told, I tell mm. people about this all the time for context because people don't believe you, do they, now? Because they yeah. think of Kings of Leon as Kings of Leon. But at the time early 2000s you either had the i think that was one of the worst times for british music it was when pop idol had just come out and so british music was just like gareth gates and will young and stuff oasis were past it really and so were blur they'd both come down off their peak and nothing had replaced them and so young people like we were at the time you we were sort of drawn to kind of emo and stuff weren't like emo was the alternative so it was like Newfound Glory and My Chemical Romance. I suppose they're maybe a bit later, but you know what I mean. Finch, maybe. But it was very much that that was it. That was your alternative. And Kings of Leon and The Strokes and bands like that totally reignited the kind of indie guitar band scene that had been sort of dead for at least sort of seven years or so. And it felt it was so refreshing. It was nothing like the polished pop that Britain was making at the time. Um, and it was nothing like the sort of overly emotive, you know, the, the, that kind of emo wave was was its own thing, wasn't it? It had a sound and it, it was good for, for what it was. But yeah, those bands really, I was ready for those. I needed those. And they sort of, they defined the next five years, didn't they? The Killers, Kings of Leon, The Strokes, um, Franz Ferdinand, all those sorts of bands. That was the sound of, sticky indie dance floors up and down britain wasn't it <laughs> for, yeah. for a good five years I, I, did, I didn't i didn't really get into the british side of things i thought it all sounded a little bit samey like franz Ferdinand, i saw it um i think it was the civic in wolverhampton uh oh. and to be honest, I, I was a bit bored i felt a bit sorry for the drummer it was <laughs> <laughs> i felt a little bit sorry for the drummer it was, it was kind of the same beat all, th- all the way through but i suppose back then i was a little bit of a snob if i'm perfectly honest <laughs> <laughs> I think that's totally fine. I tell you who I saw at Wolverhampton Civic in that era who would be up there with great gigs I've seen. Block Party in oh, their yeah. silent alarm pomp. They they were great at that point. That's a great album and yeah, right in the midst of that indie wave. Yeah, very much enjoyed that show. Well, talking of best gigs, mm. you've come on to curate what can only be described as the dream lineup <laughs> for your yeah. festival. Now it's the first time I've done it with two guests. So I've got to ask, have the choices been unanimous or has there been any, any infighting disagreements? I think we're pretty on the same page. We've discussed it 
um, but we're pretty amicable guys. And also, I'm scared of Alex. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we've agreed. We've agreed he's got tools. All the things I <laughs> yes, he does. He's got tools and, and real physical skills, whereas I don't at all. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to curate your Dream Festival lineup, and we're going to do it with the help of a handy-dandy time machine so you can go to anywhere in history, into the annals of time, and you can handpick musicians for any era, uh, any place, any any time you like. But first of all, you get to choose the form of which your time machine comes in. So what we're going to have, I mean, you could have the DeLorean, you could have a, a hot tub, you could have uh, a phone <laughs> box a la Bill and Ted, or what, what we're going to yeah, go with? Yeah, we've, we've given it some thought, and we're going to go with the magic school bus resonates, <laughs> particularly for me. Yeah, I think that would be good. Um, there's a lot of room on it, the Magic School Bus. That's yep. an advantage. Um, and also, you could reenact the scene from Almost Famous. It's a good film, isn't it? Mm. When they all sing on the bus. That's yes. a nice moment. So we could maybe do that with some bigger names. Well, some real names, because they're not even real, are they? <laughs> Almost Famous. But yeah. And instantly, you're going to go straight to the back of the bus, aren't you? Naturally. Naturally. Okay, so all aboard the Magic School Bus. We're going to go to our Dream Festival now, the festival's going to open. There's some bars open, so the party starts early, um, and you've had a bit of a late night. Uh, the next morning, the festival's going to start, so you're in your tent. You've got a bit of a hangover. Um, you're sort of uh, drifting in and out of consciousness. Uh, but there's someone outside who's going to help you wake up to the morning. Now, it could be a gentle awakening, or it could be a, a bit of a rude awakening. depends how you like to be woken up or how, or how much need there is for a rude awakening. Who are you going to have outside your tent? To, to welcome you into the day well we've we've gone with we've kept it folky we think we need a gentle awakening um yeah. because it was a heavy night as you described so we need to keep it gentle so we've gone with uber folk we've put together a folk super group of simon garfunkel crosby stills nash young everson lake palmer hale and oates um an acronym of those names is spy hole gap and that's <laughs> going to be their band name <laughs> And they're all going to play double-necked 12 strings all at once. And they're going to make the most wonderful, harmonious sound, um, Spy Hole Gap. And it's going to ease us in to the festival, the ultimate folk. Are we absolutely sure that's going to be harmonious? (laughs) I mean... Possibly. Well, there's there's some big personalities up in that. My money's on Garfunkel not getting on with anybody at all. Um, <laughs> he might be a problem, but yeah, we'll, we'll give it a try. Why not? Uh, is there any particular songs you might like to hear? Do you think? I, I, I think we should, I think they just play "Call Me Out" for half an hour. Call me out for half an hour. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Only Living Boy in New York, isn't that one of your favourite songs? Yeah, that is my favourite tune, yeah. Favourite song of all time. So just remind me, what's the acronym again? Spy Hole Gap. Spy Hole, I've got to write this down. Spy Hole Gap, that's a great acronym. Spy Hole Gap. (laughs) Brilliant. Okay, so Spy Hole Gap plays, you can call me Al for half an hour or so. Yes, yes. It's got you you up and about. You managed to wipe the sleep from your eyes and you've dropped a couple of of painkillers. Uh, and you've had yourself a nice little breakfast. So the festival's about to start. Who is going to set the tone, put out the festival vibes? Who is opening the show? Alex, you, you can take this one. I think this was your idea and it's gold. Yeah, we're, we're going to go with um, Talking Heads to open. Um, nice. Specifically, the um, Stop Making Sense, uh, that, the tour that it was, um, it's just the way that it builds. It builds really well. It starts with um, just him and an acoustic guitar and a little boombox and it, and, uh, each member start, starts like fiddling in and 
and it and it grows into this huge show. Uh, it's just it's fantastic. It's just like I like that. Yeah, it's Start, a great piece of art, isn't it? Yeah, start small, build up, uh, and are they going to play the hits? Going to get Psycho Killer and all that sort of stuff going on? Yeah, yeah it, it opens with Psycho Killer. Oh, so okay. Him on a stage with Psycho Killer, and then slowly people join him, and then by like five songs in, you've got like backing dancers, singers, a brass section. It's huge by the end. So I think it's a great way to build the show. I think it's that's that's going to work. He's going to take us from kind of a one man acoustic through to a full set um, that gets the festival swinging. So yeah, why not? Did you um did you catch any of sort of David Byrne's later stuff or sort of his most recent stuff? I I haven't listened to a huge amount of his m- most recent stuff, but I did hear him quite recently on Desert Island Discs. Okay, and he was one of the most compelling people I've ever heard. He was brilliant. I could have listened to it forever. He's so articulate. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's still absolutely immersed in being a creative. He's just swimming with ideas. He knows exactly what he's doing, what he's trying to do. Highly recommend that if you can find his uh, Desert Island Discs. Mm. It's Lauren Laverne doing it now, I think. Yeah, okay. So it's quite recent. Yeah, it's within a year, I think. Okay, we'll we'll ignore latter David Byrne and we'll go with (laughs) talk. We go with Talking Heads, then the Stop Making Sense tour. We'll go with that. That sounds like a good opening to a show to me. Um, okay, so there is now going to be a secret guest. So some flyers are going to circulate around your festival guests with the promise of an exciting, previously unannounced set. So it's sort of inspired by what Glastonbury do um, every year when they have the, the sort of secret guests come in. And um, I'm trying to think of, I mean, when I went, I think it was Biffy Clyro were, were the secret guests that year. I know Jack White's done it a few times. I think Pulp did it the one year. And I think they got, was it Pulp? And then they got Spinal Tap on stage with them, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I know. But it's up to you. Who is going to be your secret guest to excite your crowd? I think we settled on Pixies, but specifically 1989 Pixies we went with. Just come out, opening with like the baser. Finishing with um, Here Comes Your Man. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Full on 89 Pixies. Um, I yeah. think I think that's that's a top shout, actually. Um, again, there's another band that have released stuff recently. Have you have you stayed up to date with them? <laughs> <laughs> with that, these bits aren't going to reflect well on this, are they, at all? Have you kept up with music? No, we haven't. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite bad for sort of digging into... I just get stuck on stuff. And uh, yeah, that era, Pixies, is just... It's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, phenomenal band. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't really kept up to date with them. I mean, I, I haven't either, to be perfectly honest. But um, some of the stories I've heard around it were quite interesting. I think they recorded their last album in Wales. In, interesting. Uh, in the yeah, in the and because uh, they got Kim back in for that album, mm-hmm. and they then they sort of broke up while making the album and they broke me in a Costa coffee or something like that. Same little, <laughs> same little Costa coffee, Merthyr Tidville or wherever it was. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and Kim left the band again. <laughs> brilliant. What a way to go. They're just a brilliant, brilliant band. And yeah, I, I think in that particular era that, that we're referencing, it was just whatever flows through you when you make good stuff, it was flowing through them. They, they hardly put a foot wrong and, it's also interesting to think about it in context. It, in the 90s, I mean, I was only very young, obviously, in the 90s, but it felt a long time since sort of the Beatles and stuff, didn't it? But actually, in context, it wasn't that no. big a gap. 
and you actually think actually some of the stuff that kind of the pixies and those bands were doing at that time it was actually pretty radical like mm. sort of lyrically and stuff that that was pretty pretty out there it would have sounded like a real a real shock it's re- really great stuff very cool band doesn't get cooler i don't think so yeah maybe I should, i'm gonna look up their new merthyr tidville yeah, I, probably, I, I might I might got the village wrong, but it was in Wales somewhere. <laughs> okay, well that's that's a pretty solid opening to to the festival. So it's time for us to get something to eat. What is what's your your perfect festival grub? What's going to keep you going for the rest of the day? Eating, cheating, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, eating, cheating. Yeah, did you say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. You don't want to dilute um, any of your festival beverages, do you? Um, we've gone with um, a social club spread. So we're talking cobs, quiche, scotch eggs, sausage roll, chicken legs, breadsticks, mini pizzas, cocktail sausages, basically anything beige. Yeah, it's a very beige spread. Yellow food with no flavour, is that what you're going for? I think that's what you want. I think really, if we're honest, you know, after you've had a few pints, there's a number of things that might be beautiful to eat, but you're probably reaching for... The sausage rolls, aren't you? The mini sausage rolls or, you know. I suppose it's easily transported as well. You can just have a, a paper plate, fold it up, take it around with you. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's tried and tested, isn't it? How many great parties have, have been supported ably by um, the paper plate full of base food? <laughs> many, many of them. It's, it's, it's road tested, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of funerals as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, well... So you can have a little nibble of your beige food. Why yeah, are you funeral doing funeral spread? Yeah, funeral spread. While you're doing that, there's going to be a stage set up, and somebody's about to come on and do an acoustic set. So it can be an acoustic artist or a non-acoustic artist, but they're going to do an acoustic set for you. So who's going to serenade you while you eat? Well, we thought about bands or acts that don't play acoustic shows, just mm-hmm. so we could have the most unique experience possible. And we were just exploring the idea of like what a Fat Boy Slim acoustic set would be. Um, <laughs> that's very interesting actually yeah, yeah i'm i'm yeah. worried that it might be um norman cook sort of shouting things into a microphone um like shouting right here right now in, like into a into a megaphone while trying to like hit a glockenspiel or something i don't know but i'd like the idea of seeing what it would be it could Not- be just a band getting together that could just be playing fat boy slim hits rather than just norman cook sat on a on a stool with a guitar, just <laughs> trying desperately to do Weapon of Choice or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and ended up just doing the little dance. That's what, that's what we want to see. I want to see, <laughs> I want to see Norman Cook doing his best Ed Sheeran with his dopey loop pedal. That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see him in like a one-man band kick, you know, like with a bass drum on his back that he has to like stamp to make it sort he'd, of... Like he'd buckle. Kick. Surely he'd buckle. <laughs> <laughs> but I think him giving it a go would be great. Uh, like Moby, Moby Acoustic, that would be... That would work better, be I think. That yeah, would work I mean, better, possibly, yeah. Possibly, possibly. Um, yeah. Well, from his Kraft play work. album, especially. Craftwork Kraft Acoustic. Work acoustic. <laughs> yeah. Craftwork Acoustic would be good. So, yeah, we just want to... We're going to use that opportunity to see one of those artists strip it back. Um, I, think we should, I think we should go Fat Boy Slim. I think that's the most challenging. Yeah. Especially Norm, so. Norman Cook with a bass drum on his back. That'll be hilarious. <laughs> I think you'd have a good sense of humour about it, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. You'd, you'd drop like your scotch eggs everywhere. 
Here at Brum Radio, we look to support local projects, and this year our Christmas campaign focuses on St Basil's, based here in Birmingham. St Basil's works with young people to prevent homelessness, increasing opportunities to enable them to find and keep a home, grow their confidence and develop their skills. Visit stbasils.org.uk slash donate to give £5 today. Have a great Christmas from everyone at Brum Radio. Wonderful. Okay, well, we're in we're in Birmingham at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a Birmingham band, born and bred. You love the city, obviously, and you love the scene. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give a bit of props to a local act. Now, it could be a legendary band, uh, you know, it could be someone that's well-established, or it could be someone up and coming that you think uh, we want to give a few, a few festival props to. So who's going to be uh, who's going to be getting some festival exposure from you guys? And you can't choose yourself. <laughs> I don't think we would have chosen ourselves either. I think that's that's deep in the mentality of the band that we wouldn't even have thought we'd gone that it can't be us. <laughs> no way. We've gone with uh, Catherine Pretty folk extraordinaire because we covered her track mm. um, and people liked it and it was kind of a to, to let's do it. We've got to we've got to share the love and um, yeah, Catherine's a really good kind of folk singer and songwriter, really good and. I think she's going places. So we're going to give her the stage to accelerate that process. Um, But we're going to make sure that she's backed by like a Birmingham supergroup. So we thought maybe getting some Sabbath members, Tony Iommi, maybe. Um, Mm. Jeff Lynn, we were thinking, weren't we? Alex was thinking, get Jeff Lynn on it. Who was it who Jeff Lynn produced? Who were you saying that he produced? Regina Spector. Yeah, so Catherine Priddy's folk sound with with Jeff Lynn getting involved and coordinating some some strings and stuff would be pretty spectacular, I think. So, yeah, a Birmingham folk supergroup. Why not? Yeah, I think that's a, a fantastic idea. Um, I've, fingers crossed she's going to be a guest on this podcast at some point. Um, she has uh, tentatively agreed to do it, so I might put that to her, actually, see how she, see how she feels, <laughs> <laughs> see how she feels about, about it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Wonderful. Cool. So now we're going to come to your the intimate sets. So there's a tent that's been set up, holds around 30 people. Not many people can cram in there. It's a bit of a squeeze. So who would you like to see up close and personal? Well, we discussed a number of options for this. <laughs> I thought I'd quite like to see Beyonce with all of her 30 backing dancers from her famous Coachella performance. So I'd like to be the only person. Maybe me and Alex could sit on deck chairs at the back. You could watch a full Beyonce Coachella show because I think Beyonce is pretty spectacular. Um, probably the artist of the last ten years, isn't she? <laughs> She's sort of been era defining. I think as soon as we get, I don't know, give it twenty years, and we'll be able to look back with some clarity and go, yeah, I mean that was that was some big stuff that went on there. But then we came across this experience that Alex has had, and it's like perfect so i'm going to leave it to alex to explain this because i can't believe this was real but it's great <laughs> i was going to make you kind of sound like made up now isn't it I, I, yeah. uh, 
You've got a time machine, Alex, so don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all made up. <laughs> about, about, about 10 years ago, I got, I got an email from a cigar, web, you know, their uh, mailing list. And uh, I'd seen them a few times before that. And uh, and it was an email to an invitation to a rehearsal. And it was just like, uh, re- respond, just reply yes, if interested, which I did. And um, and then about six weeks later, it was it was ages. Uh, I got this uh, an email again, but it was with like this uh, little barcode and an address to go to, and like this anonymous like this this time slot, and, and it was in Redditch in like a building estate. It was a fly by night. The, the the company is, and I, I presume it's like some sort of you know, like musical logistical transport company, and. Um, and I was re- I went there, obviously super skeptical, thinking I was going to get murdered or something, <laughs> like, like some sort of scam or something like that. But um, yeah, it turned out to be that it was just their live rehearsal, and they just they probably just sent out this email like randomly to the, anybody that had uh, bought tickets from from the Midlands and had invited them, and whoever you know got back in time or whether I was just lo- like lucky. Uh, there was maybe thirty of us in this huge room that would have been like an arena size because they were going off into uh, to do the European tour, and they they played the the set from start to finish. They didn't say a word. They just came out, they performed, and then they left. They didn't really acknowledge us there, but we was just invited to spectate. And it was catered, and it was it was so strange. It was <laughs> the weirdest thing. I've, yeah. It was that it was the biggest or one of the biggest venues I've ever seen. But in order to for it to not sound really weird, they just pulled a huge curtain across the room as as you do in those types of venues. Yeah, there was like thirty of us just gathered in front of this huge stage. It was it was surreal. In Redditch. In Redditch, yeah. <laughs> on an industrial estate in Redditch. I mean, how much more kind of high-low can you get? The beauty of Sigur Ross being played out in an industrial estate in Redditch. That's just wonderful. I mean, I've got I've got some extended in family in Redditch. I, I wouldn't go there to, to do anything. <laughs> oh, poor Redditch. Poor That's Redditch. An, that, that sounds... Why? Why did they pick Redditch? <laughs> it's so, I mean, so it's got to be because of this logistical firm, surely. Um, it's just it was so strange, unbelievable. So, so what are we get? Are we going for Beyonce or are we going for Sigur Ross? <laughs> I think we've got to do Sigur Ross. I need to experience. Yeah. I need yeah. to see. Yeah. I need to see it. So yeah, we'll have Sigur Ross reenacting their Redditch glory. Um, yeah, which I'm sure sticks in their minds. I'm sure they think of it as one of their finest. I'm sure they do. They were probably thinking they remember all the confused 30 faces that (laughs) staring at them. (laughs) Yeah. What was the catering, Alex, out of interest? What was the catering? Was it a beige? Oh, please. Yeah, please tell me it was beige. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty. I mean, from memory, it was pretty. I I don't really remember the food, but uh, they had Icelandic beer on tap, which was uh, Einstein. It's so good. I remember that. I don't remember the food at all, but I remember there being food. So it's probably better than a funeral spread, fair dues. It's good. Okay, Sigur Ross. Yeah. Intimate. That sounds great to me. Okay. Uh, This is one of my favourite questions, actually. This is the full album performance. So whose album would you like to hear played in its entirety from start to finish? Well, we tried to navigate this one cleverly for a while. We thought we'd be smart um, and hilarious. Um, So we we explored... (laughs) The Now CDs. Now 34 is a bit of a banger. It had like Return of the Mac on it and stuff. And just imagine those artists coming on one after the other 
that would be quite amusing. <laughs> but we, we did, we bowed to the seriousness of the question and actually what would we like to hear? We kind of landed on Radiohead, OK Computer. To hear that album from start to finish oh. would be a pretty glorious thing, wouldn't it? That's one of the best albums of the last... I don't know, can you say ever? How long does a band have to go before you can safely say, all right, yeah, that's one of the best albums ever? Um, I mean, it's, well, it's it's been, what, 23 years now? I think that's, yes. I think that's long enough for it to be considered up there. It's got to be, hasn't it? It's in, it's in the mix for its genre, for the kind of guitar band genre. It's certainly up there, isn't it? OK, Computer, it's um, what a great album that is and it's yeah it's one of the few albums that i can listen to start to finish i can't think that there's a skipper on that album there's no. nothing i skip and that over the bends or kid a we, yeah we was we was talking basically uh, the bends or kid a and then they settled on okay computer yeah you could take any of those records yeah yeah that's absolutely true um it's a bit of a toss-up really isn't it at the end of the day so the sun is now starting to go down party is not is it's about to really set in now your headline is getting ready but first someone to get you warmed up now i look at this two different ways the sun setting so you can have something a bit melancholic or you can have something to you know really start to get people warmed up for the for the headliner what, what sort of direction do you think you're gonna go um we were quite quick on this one we went earth wind and fire to get the party started it's time to dance and there's not many bands in history that have done it better um, and yeah, to see an earth, wind and fire set, we'd obviously, we'd travel back in time and grab them from, from right mm. their pond. And yeah, I think that'd be a, a pretty electric set, get you moving, wouldn't it? Um, any particular songs that you'd like to hear? Anything that's going to get you going, especially? I mean, I'd be happy if they open with September. Yeah. Everyone loves that song. I don't know yeah, anyone that doesn't it, like that song. It's universal, isn't it? One of the things we were doing when I was doing these um, like online quizzes and stuff, one of the things we were doing was searching for the universally liked song. Mm. Um, so we were pitching a song and, and nobody, what, the, the qualification was that nobody listening would say that they didn't like that song. We didn't find one. There was always one person. Really? But it, uh, but it was it was always the kind of disco and Motown genres that really united people. So stuff like, like Wilson Pickett and stuff. It just gets every, everybody's like, yeah, to be fair, great. So there's, there's always one that's like, no, but nobody unites more people than picking songs out of that era. Don't you just hate that one person? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> are they, exactly. Just being, but like stuff like Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye heard it on the grapevine. Who doesn't like that? Exactly. So, well, I mean, we you? always found someone. But yeah, I think Earth, Wind and Fire would be up there. They really, they're as close as it comes, aren't they, to... Just ev- everybody seems to know that material, young or old. Everybody's danced at a wedding to it or whatever, and it's somehow in your. It's in there somewhere. You know it, even if you don't know it. It's in there. So yeah, we're going to get everybody together and ready for the night with Earth, Wind, and Fire. That is a fantastic shout. I look forward to that one. So right, we now we arrive at the headliner, the main event, the main attraction to close the show of your dream festival lineup. Who's it going to be? So I, for me, there's only one answer. As soon as you've got a time machine, 
and you're putting on a gig, I think there's only one thing that you can do, and it's you go back and get the Beatles together, don't you? You you see the show that nobody ever saw. You see you see the post boy band Beatles play together to a massive festival audience because um, it, it just never happened, did it? And that's what everybody wants to see. But we'd make full use of the Magic School Bus and we'd put on a big show. So the, the concept is we'd go and get like the boy band Beatles and they'd open the show. So the kind of early 60s, mop top, floppy haired kind of two and a half minute pop song Beatles. Hand and holding, then they'd give yep. way. Yeah, total. Yeah. Want to hold your hands and all that racy stuff. All that edgy, edgy business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, I saw an interview with Paul McCartney. I've seen lots of interviews with Paul McCartney and all of them. I do. I like Beatles stuff. I could consume Beatles stuff all day. But he was saying that they thought they they felt quite radical when they wrote She Loves You. They thought that was quite like a a left field play on, on kind of who the protagonist was in a song and stuff like she loves you not like i love you or she loves me but she loves you they thought was quite an intro which i can yeah for a pop song i can see that's quite interesting i guess going. yeah i think they're interesting guys aren't they all of them really. not, not sure how um, it would go down nowadays with the the me too era yeah i mean there's a lot she was just 17 you know what i mean but the way she looked way beyond compare it's yeah um and isn't there one about there's one really sinister one, isn't there? A John Lennon one, little girl mm, that hasn't aged well. Um, no. I mean, a lot of John Lennon's personal history hasn't aged well. Has it, it really it's, hasn't. Um, no. It's 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 a contentious <laughs> issue for me because I'm a big Beatles fan, and John Lennon would be my favourite Beatle. But it, it's increasingly hard to square sort of some elements of his past whilst revering him still. Well, yeah. Oh God. I, I couldn't I yeah. couldn't I could never pick between Lennon McCartney, so I just went for George Harrison as my favourite Beatle. Yeah, and he he certainly yeah, I'm a big I, I actually think that George Harrison's written the best British album of all time. Um, or I think I think All Things Must Pass. Mm. Um I think he's the best like uh, on the whole, the best British album. I think it's a beautiful piece of work. Every single track is just like a perfect little thing, and it's so well lyrically, it's beautiful, and the way it's recorded, it's just a lovely package. It's a, mm. a brilliant album. It's so cohesive, and it's just a great thing. Really nice thing. So, um, so you're, you're making use of the Magic Bus. So you've you've got sort of sixty, sixty three, sixty four Beatles. So what are we going to? <laughs> Are we going? Are we going into yeah. sixty-five, sixty-six Beatles, Norwegian yeah, Wood, that sort then, of stuff? Yeah, I think we'll do. Yes, like so, so, Sergeant Pepper emerging mm. Beatles. They'd be a Beatles era, and then into kind of kind of final era Beatles. They would be the most. They'd be the Beatles I'd be most interested in seeing. Sort of long-haired, big-bearded, sort of mid-addiction, post-India, um, really disaffected. With the with the band and with the world and with celebrity, that mm. would be the Beatles I'd be really waiting for. And they'd come on, and they'd do a set, and then you'd finish with all of them together doing some gigantic song. Um, like Hey Jude. Who knows what? <laughs> yeah, maybe Hey Jude. Yeah, I, I'm, my favourite is Don't Let Me Down. I think it's great. That yeah. top performance is. Mm. It's a real like just Lennon and McCartney. Their harmonies are so tight, mm. and like you can watch that video and they don't even look at each other once never once do they sort of like look across <laughs> like which i'm forever doing like i'm forever looking at everybody going when's the next bit and like alex has to like give me a nod 
<laughs> for that song you played a hundred times. When do we? Do? Oh, now, now. <laughs> and they don't even look at each other at all, and they mm. are word for word. It's like they've comped it digitally. They are just totally perfectly matched on every word. Every heart is just like there's that. Um, I don't know whether you've heard the uh, the ten thousand hour genius theory. Ever heard that? It's, oh, the, it takes you ten thousand hours to. Yeah, the concept is if you spend 10,000 hours doing anything, you'll be a genius at, at that thing. And the, there was something I saw once where they kind of added up the, the Beatles' time together, like their time in Hamburg and all of that. And they kind of estimate that, yeah, by sort of the mid-60s, Lennon and McCartney had spent sort of 10,000 hours with each other in each other's company, writing music and playing music. And then that, they're, they're geniuses at that very niche, at being Lennon and McCartney in that moment they are geniuses at doing that and um yeah it would just be the show of all show. it's the show everybody always wanted to see didn't it? the the beatles playing a huge british festival i mean what sort of songs are we talk i mean obviously the zero songs but we're we talking about the number ones or would you throw other sort of album tracks in there as well i mean that's difficult we'll, isn't it we'll, we'll throw some solo stuff in there oh some, interesting some solo breaks <laughs> yeah <laughs> George Harrison and Jeff Lynne out. Yeah, any, that would any be Any Ringo nice. stars? Put some solo Ringo in there? Yeah. If you can prize him off the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. we, we, I think we decided that Ringo was just going to do an audio book version of uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> in, in between yeah. songs, while they're all tuning up. Yeah. yeah, he'd be joined by Thomas the Tank Engine, yeah. Um, I, I, there's a great interview, I can't remember who it's with, but it's with it's John Lennon and Yoko Ono on their On Some American chat show. And it must be like 1973 or something. And it's interesting the way history changes stuff because the tone of the interview is sort of like, this doesn't work out very well for you, has it? Like Ringo's really famous and his albums are doing well. And you, McCartney and Harrison can't sell a song and Lennon's like well yeah I know it's just the way it goes and fair play to Ringo he's doing great we're happy to do you know what I mean it's, yeah. it's funny that history sort of edits for you but yeah right in that moment Ringo apparently he was he was doing the best for a little bit well he was a great drummer I mean I'm not I'm not I'm not going to hear a bad word against Ringo Starr <laughs> and, he's, and he's drumming the guy was an absolute metronome I won't hear anything bad about him I, I agree. I like. I really like his drumming. It's I unique as well, it. isn't it? I mean, you, some. I mean, you listen to some of the songs. You're like, why is that the drum beat? Why is that the particular rhythm that he's used? It's. It, you don't hear it anywhere else for me. Anyway. Yeah, and how many? How many drummers? Are, they're able to to write the hook. Like if you think of like come together. The, the hook is the drum beat, isn't it? Mm. And it's like that's that's mad. And also he played for the song, didn't he? He always played for the song. He was so mm. unselfish. He would sit back and do something really light if that's what the song needed. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think as the Beatles, that's what makes the Beatles so amazing, is that there isn't any of them that you trade out. They They were all the best at what they did in the Beatles um, and and the best of their era, in in my opinion. So, yeah, I, I think that's what makes them amazing. The fact that they all met each other and found each other is, is madness. Um, mm. They all could have been in separate bands, couldn't they, and been successful. Absolutely. Whether we'll see anything like that again, musicians of that calibre and that, that kind of special, unique quality each of them had, ending up working together yeah and that's that story as well over and it was only over what 
I mean, a 10-year period, essentially, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I don't think we'll ever see any of the like again. I hope we do, because I didn't get to live through it. <laughs> I don't think we will. Uh, no, I don't I don't think so. It's it's a really unique thing, just the way they all emerged. And it's it's specific to the time, even, I think. I think it's very post-war. It's very much about them being these kids who had this stiff, older generation above them. And then the kind of socioeconomic situation around them like McCartney and Harrison were products of some of the first kind of educational schemes for poor kids so they were like hoovered up from their comprehensives and sent to like decent colleges and stuff and went to like art college when they just never would have done Um, Mm. but they were kind of picked out through kind of a a government scheme at the time to say oh no actually you've got something about you let's plonk you in this slightly nicer school and college and it just the whole thing just it's this perfect storm that that meant that they were able to find each other and and were inclined to play music rather than feeling they just had to go get a job or just have to. It's a totally unique thing. I don't think I don't think it will happen again. Maybe no. in our lifetimes, no. Sadly not. Okay. Well, the last remnants of Hey Jude can be heard filling the fields. They're going to get back into the. I mean, it should be Yellow Submarine. Really, they should get back onto and just sort of <laughs> float yeah. off somewhere. Um, but I'm going to ask you this of all the bands you've picked and all the artists you've picked for me today you guys get to get on stage with one of them and play one song who are you going to pick and which song are you going to play with them go on Alex jump in what did we oh, I don't even remember what we decided I think we we, we quickly came to uh, an agreement with Pixies and we're just going to do a um, Monkey's Gone to Heaven yeah I think we, we experimented with the idea of like Radiohead but then thought it would just be too stressful it would just be too, to meet that musical standard would be just too difficult and we want it to be fun. I'm not sure whether we fit them in the festival somewhere. Maybe we didn't and we should have done. But Arcade Fire, doing Arcade Fire, doing uh, Wake Up, they did it with David Bowie once, didn't they, on TV? Oh, really? So Arcade Fire and Bowie doing Wake Up. Maybe we could just jump in there with a tambourine or something to hit. <laughs> just be just be pleased to be there. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Okay, yeah. well the light the lights are now going down on stage, uh, and someone mentions that there's a there's a little campfire just uh, just up on the hill there, and there's a little jam session happening, and they invite you along to bring your guitars and bongos or whatever you want to take up there with you. And when you get up there, there's someone that you completely weren't expecting to be there, uh, and they want to jam with you. They want to jam with you throughout the night. So who are you going to jam with in front of the campfire to bring your festival to a close? Uh, th- th- this is where we've got to sh- shoehorn an arcade fire in to, to make se- <laughs> sense of the last thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus yeah. It, would work, that, well, it would work incredibly well, arcade fire around, around a campfire. And uh, there's great um, videos on, online of them playing like uh, in that sort of stripped back in, backstage style. There's, there's, there's one where they're, they're playing in... Uh, in, in like the elevator before going down to the show and stuff. It's really, it's incredible. They've used stuff like phone books and stuff, haven't they, to make sort of like various, they've just done all sorts of mad stuff, which would be fun. Yeah, a bit like what Motown used to do, I suppose. They used to just do mad things like throwing things down lift shafts and hitting steering wheels of cars and stuff like that, didn't they? I, I must admit, when I first heard Arcade Fire, I think I first saw them on Jules Holland, actually, back in the day, and I, I, th- I thought, oh, these guys are a bit, up their own backsides aren't they <laughs> um uh, the the I, I don't know all the names but the lead singer turned flipped his guitar over 
and was just strumming nothing. And I was like, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit arrogant and rubbish. <laughs> yeah. I, don't like, I don't like these guys at all. And then I listened to yeah. Funeral. I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah. And they're one of those bands that such a buzz about them. I think, isn't it like their first show, Iggy Pop, David Byrne and David Bowie turned up to their first ever show. Such was the buzz about them that like those three artists like flew to New York to go like, Oh, we've got to be at this show. This band have emerged. And yeah, it's like how you, how you do that. I don't know, but they somehow did it. They created that much buzz around them, that that those people decided to turn up and see them play. Maybe they've got a time machine. (laughs) Maybe. Well, I was going to get meta and I was going to say that we've used our time machine right now. Because we answered this question first, and then we went back and we answered your previous question, which is why we mentioned Arcade Fire. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes that, perfect. That sense. makes perfect sense, and I don't need to edit that at all. Afterwards. <laughs> 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 well, that sounds like that sounds like a great way to end, end the night. That basically brings our Dream Festival lineup to a close. When we've had we've had uh, Spy Hole Gap, we've had Talking Heads. <laughs> We've had the 89 Pixies. We've had Fatboy Slim wearing a great big double bass drum. Catherine yeah. Pretty. We've had Sigur Ross. We've had Radiohead, Earth, Wind & Fire, The Beatles, and the Goo Goo Grolls. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. What's, um, what's, what's coming up for you guys in the near future, now that we know that there's potentially an end to COVID? Yes. Um, we're going to try and uh, get some more singles out. We've got a lot. We've managed to do a fair bit of writing and recording. Yeah um with each other which has been really good so we're going to keep trying to put stuff out there and then we're going to see if we can emerge blinking into the light of day post-covid um and see if we can still play our instruments um the eagle-eyed amongst you might notice that maybe i never could play instruments (laughs) (laughs) covid will be um will be a decent enough excuse yeah we'll, we'll try and get out there and play some more stuff Good stuff. And where can people keep up to date with you? We're on Instagram, most active. Twitter just depresses me too much. I have to take it in very small doses. Yeah. Because whenever I je- I kept very carefully tiptoe into Twitter and then I read something that ruins my entire day. <laughs> I think I shouldn't do that again for a while. Um, so, yeah, in Instagram, we're on everything. It's like St. Alto. So Instagram, at St. Alto, you can see what we're rambling on about at the time, yeah. Um, Spotify? Uh, oh, yeah, yes. Where's the best place to listen to your music? Is it Spotify or is it elsewhere? Yeah, Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> Apple Music, SoundCloud. YouTube, everywhere. You could ignore it everywhere. People ignore do. it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Alex and Philip, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, and please enjoy your Dream Festival lineup. Thank Brilliant. you very much. Cheers, Cheers guys. There we have it. That was Alex and Phil from St. Alto with their Dream Festival lineup. Remember, if you want some extra chats and bonus questions with the guys, including they reveal their ultimate dream band lineup, uh, you can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash dreamfestpod. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon dot com slash dreamfest pod thank you to alex and phil for their time uh, if you want to purchase their latest single on beautiful wax disc you can at saintalto.bigcartel.com that's saintalto.bigcartel.com and don't forget to follow them on all the usual platforms like spotify etc and uh, speaking of which you can subscribe to this podcast on spotify or on apple podcasts or go over to the brum radio podcast channel 
on brumradio.com slash podcasts and there's lots of other excellent Brum Radio podcasts to find there as well. Uh, some key links for you now. Just remember to follow this podcast on Twitter at DreamFestPod or on the newly set up Facebook page. Uh, same again, facebook.com slash DreamFestPod. Uh, my thanks to Brum Radio Podcast Channel for hosting, to Richard Farmer for the artwork and to Jane Powell for the music and for all you lot for listening. Thank you. I've got lots of guests lined up for the new year, including author and musician Sean Hand as well as Neil Jones from Stone Foundation and lots more to get booked in as well also. So for now, I'm going to take a break for Christmas to recharge the batteries and hopefully come back nice and refreshed, ready to tackle what 2021 has in store. So please, in the meantime, take care of yourselves, have a happy Christmas, smashing new year, and remember, if you book them, they will come. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.